Well, hi everyone. Welcome to the Sunday Recap. Man, I'm so glad that you joined us today. We're going to be recapping Pastor Scott's sermon from this last Sunday on Romans 8, verses 12 through 17. Um, But we're really excited because today we are uh, actually able to meet together a little bit and and do this. Can we say that? Did we want to go public with that? Yeah. Yeah. Should we not? We stuck it to him and we said we can't take it anymore. And we are in person (laughs) around a table. Maybe we shouldn't say it. I don't know. Well, we had technical difficulties. So. That's true. Yeah, we. this is our third time recording today. <laughs> yes. So if you're listening to this, um, we've really thought about it by now. <laughs> yeah. So, so <laughs> yeah. anything we say, hopefully you can take it at face value. Yeah. Exactly. Well, we're, we're glad that you have uh, joined us today listening to the podcast uh, online. It's been a lot of fun these last six weeks uh, just being able to meet together and to talk through what's been, uh, what we've been talking about. This is the sixth one. This is the sixth one. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I know. I, I know. think we've grown. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of podcasts don't make it this far. So. That's true. I've had a few. <laughs> <laughs> <They> don't. <laughs> so. Oh, my gosh. So, um, so, yeah, but we are talking today about the Holy Spirit. That's kind of the main theme of what uh, this passage is about. And um, through this, uh, Pastor Scott gave us four different things that the Holy Spirit uh, really does for us and helps us with. So we're going to be digging into that today. Um, as we get started, though, I do want to um, just begin by asking this really simple question. Uh, what is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? Um, how do we define that? Well, Ariel, I see you have some really good notes here on who the Holy Spirit is. Why don't Why don't we give yeah. you the floor? And I just so happen to have practiced it twice already. <laughs> no, um, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead, um, and he doesn't seem as clear to most people. Um, I think he gets kind of left out sometimes, um, but he is the person of the Godhead who actually works with um, God's word and in God's word to testify to the son and to um, glorify him and then also to bring us to um, salvation and then also in um, lifelong righteous um, formation, changing us into the image of God's son. Um, Yeah, that was Sanctification. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lifelong righteous formation. Can we do, it's a new term. Can we do that again? No. We, we <laughs> we're so done today. To, if we have to admit to everyone oh, that we're in the same room yes. so that we could get this to record, yeah. we are okay talking about lifelong righteous formation. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long oh day, guys. It's been a long day. It was so red. <laughs> Thanks for bearing with us. Oh, man. No, but I, I, th- I think that's right. I mean, the, the Holy Spirit has a huge role in the life of a believer in so many ways. And, and I think in so many ways, the Holy Spirit um, kind of gets ignored. Obviously, the, the Francis Chan book, Forgotten God, right? Yeah. I mean, it's such an apt title uh, for that. Um, but uh, what was kind of your experience, you guys, with that growing up? Did you... Um, did you grow up learning about the Holy Spirit? Was that something that was taught in the churches that you grew up in? I would just say I was mostly clueless. Yeah. I, I just we just didn't talk about it that often. I mean, I mean that's the best way to put it. Again, I I just feel like we were talking about a lot of other things. Um, you know, I, th- I think we spent a lot of time talking about you know just in youth group. You know, that's really when church started to be more serious for me. Most of what we were talking about was like 
sex and dating. Yeah. <laughs> like that was pretty much all you talked about. Yeah. And you know, maybe you would hear like the joke thrown out, leave some room for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. but like, that was like your knowledge at all. Like there was just no knowledge of the Holy Spirit. Totally. totally. Right. I think it was um, highlighted as a feeling of um, this is the way you know that you're a Christian because you have a feeling. And once you feel him tug at your heart, then you, then you know you're a Christian. And so I, I just appreciate having um, like gone through the time of walking that out and seeing that it's, it's, it's not just a feeling. He is a person. He is a person of the Godhead. Um, and so I'm excited that we're going to get into it today. We get to look at God's word about it. So Awesome. Yeah. 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 I think, you know, for me, I was, I grew up in, um, well, the, the, the short story is I grew up Catholic and, um, all that we ever heard about the Holy Spirit was when we recited the Apostles' Creed. And then, um, <laughs> and then when we, uh, when I was in, uh, when I became a, a Protestant, this was, I, I became a Christian really the, um, it was the summer right before my senior year of high school. And the church that I, uh, came to Christ in, uh, was a a church that didn't really talk about the Holy Spirit very much either. Um, primarily, I think it was because that church, um, like they were they were really responding against some of that like kind of uh, hyper Pentecostal, uh, you know, that that kind of thing where it's just like that just seems so weird and it's so crazy. Like, you know, the Holy Spirit that's that's fine, but why would we delve into that sort of stuff? And so, I think for me. Um, being a new Christian at that time, I had like no concept of what the Holy Spirit was. And it really wasn't until I was in college that I was like, I guess, opened up to like a larger scope of like different types of churches and things like that. And I remember this one time I, I was a drummer and I went and played drums. Um, I went and played drums for this uh, one guy who's like, hey, you know, we don't have a drummer this week. Could you come play for us? I'm like, sure, why not? So I learned the songs and I showed up and started playing this worship set. And what was it was kind of weird because it was this huge room. It was like you could probably fit a thousand people in this room. But then there were 30 people at this worship service and they were all down front and they were kind of doing these things like like passing out in the in the aisles. And like there's this one guy that was standing there in the aisle and his arms were stretched out like in the like like he was being crucified, like he was Jesus on the cross. And this other guy came up to him and like stuck fingers into his into his hands like he was nailing him to the cross. And I was like, what, what is happening? And like, that was my really, I want to say kind of my first exposure to like the Holy Spirit. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, is this, is this what, what, what this is all about? And so what I, what I found later on is, is, you know, I'm so thankful for God's word because God's word brings us back to the truth of, of who the Holy Spirit is, um, and what he does and how he helps us in so many different ways. Um, and so I wanted to, uh, you know, we, we, what I love about what Scott did was he really got into a lot of those things uh, in, his, in his sermon this week. So let's go ahead and um, dig into what Scott talked about. First of all, um, he gave us four different things that, four different uh, roles, really, that the Holy Spirit has in our life. So the first is that he leads us, that the Holy Spirit leads us. And this is, if we go to uh, Romans chapter 8, which I'm not even there. I need to get there. Here we go. Uh, Romans 8, and this is verse, uh, let's, just, let's just do this. Let's, could someone read verses 12 through 14, the, the first three verses there? Yep. 
so then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the... Wait. <laughs> this is why I never read. <laughs> Ariel, Ariel smirked when I jumped at reading first, and here we are now. All right. Starting over, right. verse 12, and we can keep that in there since we're keeping all of this stuff today. <laughs> all right. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Yeah. Okay, awesome. And he really honed in on verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And so you have this, this idea of being led by the Spirit of God. So what does that mean? What does that mean to be led by the Holy Spirit? Okay, so the Holy Spirit's work is to illuminate Scripture in earlier... Mitch caught me saying, he thought I was saying, eliminate. <laughs> now that we're in the same room, <laughs> it's we're way in the same more room, clear. You can yeah. see my face. <laughs> we can, he actually works to illuminate scripture so that we can know the will of God. And so um, as we're walking as a Christian, this becomes clearer to us if we are in his word that um, the Holy Spirit is not going to draw us to do something that is against the word of God. Um, and in, he is not going to um, point us to something that does not um, glorify the Son. And so his work is to testify to the Son of God. Um, and so all of Scripture is about the Son. It's all about Christ. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that that's huge. So, I mean, first the idea that um, the Spirit illuminates Scripture to us. And so, um, you know, there's a number of passages on that. But we can't really rightly understand the Scripture without the spirit's help. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, you know, and that, and that's, that's huge. And that's right out of, um, is it second Corinthians chapter or first Corinthians two, right? I think that's where it is. First Corinthians two, um, verses 14 through 16, which, which lays all that out. Um, uh, could we back up a second and just yeah. talk about how this, like, where does the spirit come from? Um, as you're a believer, what happens what happens? What? How do you? How do you Receive now the have Holy the? Spirit? Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, Scott talked about this a little bit on Sunday. Just the idea that um, what he was saying was regeneration, justification, and adoption. Right? He talked about those three things, and all that stuff kind of happens simultaneously when we become a Christian. One of the things that happens with that as well is the the re- receiving the Holy Spirit. That we receive the Spirit uh, right at that same time. And this is a promise that God makes to us. It's a it's a gift uh, to receive Him uh, is uh, is a gift to us, and the Spirit um, then it really truly indwells every single Christian. So if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit indwells you. You are now uh, what, what, what uh, Scripture talks about. You are now the the very temple of God, uh, and and the Spirit of God lives within you. Yeah, and I think just to extend kind of on what does the Holy Spirit's leading look like, I think it's growing us in Christ-likeness. You know, the Holy Spirit is what's at work in us. Uh, so from the beginning, you know, as Scott references, it's the de- change of desires in your heart, you know, wanting to please God. You know, that's a desire of the Spirit. But then as we grow, it's watching those desires shift over time. You know, and, and Chris, Chris earlier, you know, it's so weird doing this for the third time, but, you know, earlier we were just talking about personally how certain desires in our heart have changed. And it's almost hard when we look back at who we were 10 years ago, you know, sometimes and be like, oh my gosh, like 
those were the things that mattered to me. Well, those, those were often things of the flesh. And, you know, now it's like, as we're growing in Christ likeness, nowhere near completion, it's like our desires resemble more of the desires of Christ. And that's the work of the spirit in us, you know, constantly growing us towards Christ. Yep. I think also, I mean, the idea that the spirit leads us, um, I, I think that there's uh, evidence in scripture of an idea of, of a leading, uh, sort of a, a, a nudging or a, a spiritual like kind of push in a certain direction. Now, is it, it's not on the same par as scripture, like, you know, where God, you know, spoke uh, through the Holy Spirit to people to write down the scripture and things like that. But we also see like in the book of Acts, when uh, the apostle Paul was prevented by the Holy Spirit uh, from going into certain uh, areas for ministry. And there's something about that where it's saying the Holy Spirit is actually kind of guiding and directing certain things in our life. And so I think it's important to recognize that role of the Holy Spirit as well. And I think I think kind of what Ariel was saying earlier, it's almost easier to answer the question of what is the Holy Spirit not doing? You know, and in relation to what you're saying, Chris, it's like the Holy Spirit's not going to lead you to do anything that goes against the truth of Scripture. Um, or the actions of Scripture. And so, I mean, all of us, I mean, we've interacted with people in ministry that they'll say that God's leading them to do something that's just downright unbiblical, <laughs> you know? And so it's just it's just good to know that, you know, that, like, as you're sensing the Spirit's leading, like, to seek wise counsel, to read Scripture, you know, but, but not, not just, just to, to, you know, be like, yep, I'm, you know, the Holy Spirit told me to leave my wife. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. that's just, that's not something that the Spirit's going to lead you to do. Yeah. Um, but we find people that they just feel like, well, if God told them so, then it gives them the ability, you know, to say, well, you can't argue with me. Yeah, God told it kind of becomes so. this license for like, well, mm-hmm. I can do the things that I want because I'm saying, oh, mm-hmm. God told me to do this. Yeah. And actually, the um, it's worth saying that the Holy Spirit gets his name by what he does. And so when we are dead in the flesh before we um, are regenerated, we're not holy. We can't become holy on our own. We have to have something outside of us to become holy. And so this is a lifelong process called sanctification. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, gentlemen. <laughs> the righteous <laughs> formation. formation. Lifelong righteous formation. <laughs> lifelong righteous formation. It's going to be your first Holy book. Spirit. Yes, gonna, it absolutely will be. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, but what he's doing is he is, um, he is, he is on, he's, how do I want to say this? He wants to make us holy over the course of our lives. And so in doing that, the spirit is working in us to chip away at our flesh so that we have, um, we have a personhood that is more like the person of Christ. Um, and so that's what he's doing. And, and what he's doing is, is straight out of Philippians, um, chapter two, verses 12 and 13. And, um, where he's talking about work out your own salvation. Well, what is that? It's, it's God who calls us to work, um, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And that's not something of us that's innate. That's actually the Holy Spirit guiding us to do that, to give us a, a will that is like the father. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the second thing that Scott um, talked about from this passage is that the Holy Spirit also helps us uh, by by uh, really helping us in our prayer, um, and he, he's getting this from verse fifteen. Uh, let me let me read this one. It, so it says, uh, "This is Romans eight fifteen. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father." Now. Um, that was one of the questions that's like, um, I think initially, uh, I was like, where is he getting the whole idea of 
this is this is prayer. helping with prayer, you know, <laughs> yeah. where the Holy Spirit's helping us with prayer. So let's let's dig into this this passage a little bit. I think what we can see here is Paul is making a contrast between these two different types of quote unquote spirits. The first is the spirit of slavery, and the second is the spirit of adoption. Um, the spirit of slavery, there's the fallback into fear, and I think uh, I think what's going on here is this idea of uh, uh, really it's a it's a fear of uh, where are we going? Um, who do we belong to? Uh, and, and even a fear of, will I even be saved? Um, because I think there's this question, I think this is all tied to, um, like a works righteousness type of idea that, that, um, that there's this fear of, will I make it, will I do it right and make it in, in the end? Um, but he says, you've received a spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba father. And so that crying out, um, is this crying out to God in a very tender, a very um, uh, fatherly way. Uh, we're, we're crying out to him as his children. Um, and we're saying, you know, when we fear, we can call on our father with confidence, with this confidence in his love for us because he has adopted us. And so, so that changes the game for how we pray. It changes the way that we are um, gonna gonna speak with him every single day. So, w- tell me, what do you guys think? What are some ways that this is gonna impact the way that um, that or the way that this should impact the way that we pray? Yeah, I, w- I was just thinking. So, so it's later in Romans chapter eight, um, where Paul's talking about how the whole earth groans in pain, and so there's this picture, and I think that's verse twenty two, um, where you know of, of groaning in pain, you know, for for God. To work, and then there's this picture given here, just you know, seven verses earlier of crying out, you know, to God as Father, and I think I think to me it's like that is the confidence that we can have in approaching God is that we're not we're we're not you know again we for me and I was reading another book where a pastor was talking about this recently, but he was saying you know for him it's never been difficult to understand that God is real and there's a Creator. He's like just look around. And he's like he's always thought that and. And and I same well you know for me that's kind of I've always kind of thought there's something greater going on, but the question is okay what is God like you know and so if we're approaching God out of fear you know we're not crying to Him like well, like He's our Father you know we're 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 really like we'd be fearful you know to approach Him but in the Spirit we can approach God and cry out to Him as if He's our Father in confidence that He hears our that He hears our prayers. You know, and so it's almost this like shift in the groaning, <laughs> you know, it's like sh- you're like you're praying to God for guidance. You're praying for him for leading um, in the pains that you're experiencing in life. But you're not just left, you know, crying out with no help. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think that's kind of cool. That is very cool. You know, something that we leave out, too, is you pointed to verse 22. And I'm going to read that really quickly. Um, let's see here. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. And I think we forget about the whole adoption piece of the redemption of our bodies, so that we're stuck in the flesh right now, we keep working out, the Spirit keeps working on us, chipping away our flesh until the day that we are finally redeemed and fully adopted and fully. So good. And think about that in our present reality. I mean, seriously, I mean, I mean, we look all around the world and people are crying out in pain, 
and they're constantly voicing their frustrations, their fears, everything that's going on. But we have the opportunity in the spirit to approach God as father. You know, like, like these, these groans, you know, as you're just reading, they're not, they're not, we're not just groaning in our pain, but we're crying out to a God who we're in relationship with as, as father who cares you know, about our groans, who's hearing our groans by the power of the spirit. Uh, I think about it like, like my own kids. So I I got four kids at home. We've got a, we've got a three-year-old right now. The three-year-old hates going to bed. Can any parents relate? Come on. Uh, so, uh, uh, hates going to bed. I'm a 12 year old who hates going to bed. (laughs) And so Mitch hates going to bed. I'm almost 30. (laughs) So, So when we put, when we put, uh, when we put him to bed, you know, we'll go through the whole routine and all that stuff. And I lay him down and I leave the room. And typically, you know, he'll say something like, Hey daddy, I want a drink of water, daddy. I want, you know, this and that. And, you know, it's as a parent, it wears on me, of course. And I'm sure that there's people at home that are like, amen. Um, (laughs) but at the same time, um, he has a confidence in my love for him that he knows that I'm going to respond, that he knows that I'm going to take care of all of his needs. And so he calls out to me in that time and, and, and I'm fallen. Like I'm, I am a, I am a fallen, uh, husband, father, all that sort of stuff. Our God is, is the perfect father. And so certainly we can call on him knowing that he's going to take care of our needs. Mm -hmm. You know, we can cry out to him in that same way, knowing he will listen in the same confidence in the leading by the power of the spirit too, is that we're not just left to make decisions up on our own, that God has given us, you know, his ability to help make decisions in this life. The same way, you know, he's given us his word. He's given the spirit at work in that the same way that when we're praying before God, we're not just talking to a wall. (laughs) You know, we have confidence that God hears us and that's by the power of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. I'm sure Caleb feels like he's talking to a wall sometimes. (laughs) Chris doesn't come in there, but no, I'm kidding. (laughs) I hope, well, Sometimes I wish he would stop, but uh, <laughs> let's just, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> well, the third thing that Scott talked about uh, from this passage was that the Holy Spirit gives us assurance of our adoption. And this is right out of verse 16. And I, man, I, I can't think of a clearer passage for this than this one right here. It says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Um, Wow. Like what an incredible gift that the Holy Spirit's role, part of the Holy Spirit's role is to just bear witness to us that we are are God's children, to remind us that we've been adopted by him. And so what Scott got into with this is basically that that the Spirit is giving us two proofs uh, of of our adoption, of our our, um, status with God. And one proof is our desire to obey God is what he talked about, this idea of um, that we actually want to please God, yeah. <laughs> you know, and we've touched on this before a couple of weeks ago. Um, so talk with me a little bit about this, uh, kind of flesh this out a little bit more. Um, in some ways there's, this is a little bit controversial because some people will say, well, no, you know, you got to actually surrender this before you become a Christian. Right. And then some people will say, well, no, I think, I, I think the Holy spirit actually leads you to this because you're a Christian, and then you're like, then you start to be like, oh yeah, and I, I, I can surrender this part of my life mm-hmm. to to the Lord. So which is it, the chicken or the egg? Like so you're talking <laughs> about the order in which we would make God Lord over yeah. our lives, right? Yeah. So yeah. does the Holy Spirit help us mm-hmm. in doing that? Or are we saying we don't receive the Holy Spirit until we 
until we make God our our Lord. Right. You know, I can say that my experience is that um, I thought it was I thought it was me that was making that decision of saying yes, I want Jesus to be Lord. Um, But then, as I read Scripture and it says that I was dead in my sin, I was dead in my trespasses. That um, that the Holy Spirit breathed life into me. um, That I can't make that um, that decision to make Him Lord over myself without help. Um, without that sanctification of the Holy Spirit. Um, and so I tend to lean that, that it would be that, that, that the Holy Spirit is the one who has given me a desire to make him Lord over my life. Um, because, you know, Ariel would prefer to binge watch horrible TV shows and, <laughs> you know, um, and cuss a little. And that's not, that's not what the Holy Spirit has been working in me. Um, and so I would desire to be different no. You would desire to cuss a little. Oh, that you know, when I'm me. angry. <laughs> <laughs> I have never. Can we cut that never, out? We, never we haven't know, known Ariel. Yeah. We haven't known yeah. the unregenerated oh, Ariel. I don't feel wow. like I know. I know. Well, we talked a little bit you. about how you were like, if I met somebody when I was, oh, you know, who yeah. knew me when I was 15 and 16 years old, I, th- I think we could all say that. Oh, you yeah. know, oh, yeah. And I wasn't even, and it wasn't even like, I imagine none of us were awful people. No, I would say I would have been regenerated things. at that point, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I did same. some awful things still being yeah. a Christian. So, yeah. 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 I, I think, I think you covered it really well. I mean, um, j- you know, for me, it's at the time, I think there was an understanding that I was com- committing my life to Christ. Um, but I think it was, it was more of an understanding of walking in the spirit, you know, kind of what God's already been doing in me. Um, and, and for me, um, as I look back, I see God's, you know, continual just providence in my life, moving me, um, to certain situations, leading me, um, in ways that, that I know that God was in the details. Now, this isn't to say like that someone that, that thinks the other side, you know, that they're sitting there and they're saying that, you know, like, no, like I made a choice and an active decision. It's like you know, again, we're, we're trying to operate understanding how God's working, you know, which is, which is incredibly difficult, something we should do, you know, to try to understand. Yeah, we should wrestle with it. But at the same time, it's like, I think what you're saying, Ariel, that's so true is it's really hard to, to, to deny that God is not at work in the details, that the spirit is not moving us. Um, especially again, I, like we were saying, Chris, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but the desire to live rightly, you know, is is a desire that's given to us by the Spirit, um, that's God at work in us. And often we think that our, because we want to do right and we're not, it means that we're not in Christ, but it's actually the Spirit working himself out in our life. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, it's kind of a roundabout way to answer it, but I think for me, it's like when I look back, I see that God was at work um, in the details. Um, and I'm probably going to find out who's at work in the details in ways far greater oh, than yeah. <laughs> I ever could see yeah. right now. Well, let me ask this. Then how important is, is the lordship of Christ to the Christian? How important is it for us to actually say like, oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm surrendering to Christ and his lordship in my life. Um, like if we're saying, you know, God is behind that, but then how important is it to actually go through that process instead of just to act, to actively do yeah, that, to actively saying mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, I'm, I am actually trying to, to follow the Lord or, or, or are we just saying, no, I can just throw my hands up and just be like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, you know, he called me a child of God. I'm going to do whatever I want, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think, I think, so I'm thinking about Paul when Paul's talking about, you know, to put on the spirit and put off the things of the flesh. Yeah. So, so declaring Christ as Lord, 
um, over your life. And again, you got to think of the culture of the day too, you know? So there, there are literal Lords in the land. <laughs> like, you know, we don't live in a culture where the, you know, there's kingship and it's just not a thing, you know, there's not rulers, you know, we have politicians and parties and democracy, but when you, when you put it in that context that, um, choosing Jesus, Jesus as Lord is declaring Jesus as the ultimate authority over the things in your life. And so I think to me, it's, it's another way of actively saying that I'm going to put on Christ, that I'm going to walk in step with the spirit, just to borrow kind of new Testament language. And so, you know, I know Scott, and I mentioned this even probably a couple of weeks ago, but one of the early messages, he just said, Hey, wake up every day and declare God, the Lord of your life. And so I think, I think again, it's like, if Christ is Lord, you know, Jesus is Lord over Caesar, you know, well then it's like, okay, Christ is the ultimate authority over everything that I do. So, so I think, I think it's just that reminder of walking in step with the spirit. Um, if we're just going to kind of shed the category of Christ being over, you know, our decisions and our things, and we're going to choose to live outside of his lordship, I think like Ariel did an awesome job last week talking about the blessings that we would be missing. Um, that like, while you may be in Christ, you're not submitting to him in your everyday. Absolutely. And you're missing out. In that. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's almost like we're saying, um, you know, the, the sur- surrendering to the lordship of Christ is something that Christians do. It's like yes. we're saying, it, it, this is something that Christians do. And if we're not doing that, then I would echo what Scott said on Sunday. And, and that was harsh in a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah, it was pretty, he pretty said, intense. He said, you're probably not a Christian <laughs> if, mm-hmm. if you're not doing this. It, it, but I think that's exactly spot on. Surrendering to the Lordship of Christ is something that Christians regularly do. I, I think we can go to James chapter 2 very clearly mm-hmm. for that. Um, we are, the way that he talks about it is that this is what Christians do. We we. Um, are are doing the things that God has asked us to do. Um, mm-hmm. uh, now, do we do it perfectly? No. You know, are, are mm-hmm. we doing that all the time? No. Um, but we're growing in that, and mm-hmm. and we certainly desire, like what what he's talking about, have a have a desire. And let's speak to the desire side of it too, because I mean, I think our desires are growing as we grow in our knowledge of the word, you know, as we spend time in the word, as we spend time in prayer, as we focus on Christ's Lord, which is why I think Scott's challenge was so good in that very early message. You know, I've been here over four and a half years now and it's like four and a half years ago, it stuck out just his reminder to say, wake up and say this daily because we're bringing ourselves back to understanding that we're under the authority of God and not my own authority. Um, and, we're, and we're leaning into that understanding. And then you watch your desires change over time as you understand um, just the depth of truth um, in Scripture. And it's why we can read things now that maybe we would have read, maybe we did read it 15 years ago, and we just, that's not where our heart was. We weren't leaning into God <laughs> in that way at that time. But now, you know, as the Spirit's grown us, it's like we understand it. You know, it's, we see it with new eyes. It's more clear. Yeah. I think that helps too with the whole decision making of being led by the spirit that we were talking about earlier. Um, because as the, the Lord is changing us and conforming us into the image of Christ, um, we start to desire things that are, that are his desires. And so if mm-hmm. we're deciding between job A or job B, like we often use as an example of, of, of how do we make decisions as a Christian, we can know that A or B might actually be wonderful, that God is actually just working yes. in us to desire to grow in his likeness and to um, live that out in a way that honors him wherever we are. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so that helps. It gives you confidence in, in him being Lord over all the details, including well, those. And in the personal side, I think for me, one of the areas I've grown in a lot of this past year is the Spirit's working in us just as much as he's going to work through us. You know, I want God to lead all my decisions, but I actually like, it's really hard to seek the Lord and to work out all the awful parts of me, you know? And so I think there's this reminder that just as much as like, yes, you know, God may be at work in helping you clarify if you should take job A or job B, but he also cares just as much about working out the hate that's inside of you, you know, or the selfishness that's inside your heart. It's like those things are, you know, they're one to one. Like they're not, he doesn't care about one more than the other. He, we do. And that's why we seek him in that, you know, because we want God to guide our paths and give us all the things we want and to give us the right job. And we want it to all work out and be perfect. But rarely do we seek God saying, God, I want you to work out the things that are inside of me. And I think that's, I mean, again, this past year of recognizing that, then you actually stop to care less about all the things outside working themselves out. And you can, and you start to be like, man, this process of God working, you know, the hate out of me, the selfishness out of me, you know, my desire to listen to people more than talk. It's like, as I'm talking, ranting right now, but it's like, you, you know, God is working those things out in me and it's just as much of a ride as God working out the decisions for me. Yeah. And this, I don't want to take us on another tangent, but I, it made me think of, as you were talking, Mitch, this book, Timothy Ward, we read um, last Words semester, life. Words of Life. It yeah. is a great book. Great yeah. book. Probably my favorite book I've read in seminary. Really? <laughs> nice. Yes. Awesome. Well, I loved it too. And I, I was so excited to read, um, Timothy Ward talks about how the Holy Spirit worked in the authors of scripture all the way through their lives, not so much just in the moment of, of authorship, but I just think about that in the life of the Christian of what the Holy Spirit has done since the moment of our conception all the way up through our, our death um, to make us more like Christ um, in the way that he has, has worked through the people that, that um, he used to write scripture for us. And um, I mean, I know that's not the same commissioning. We're not necessarily going to write. Yeah, but it's the same spirit the that's same at work spirit. and yeah. doing, uh, you know, and, and the sovereignty of God over those things in order for him to lead us and to move us to where he wants us to go and, and to do, you know, he says that he has good works that are planned out for us to do. Now, what if, what if those good works, just as an example, was that, you know, we're, I'm, I'm supposed to go as a medical missionary to Uganda, but, yeah. but what if part of that is the training, the years of training that I'm in school to learn this medical field, you know, like that would be all part of the Holy Spirit leading to this good work that he has planned for me to do. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, the last one that Scott talked about, the last uh, role that the Holy Spirit has in our life from this passage here is called the incentive to lay hold of our inheritance. This is in verse 17. And so, um, so let me read again back from 16. He says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Um, so really just a simple, simple question. Um, you know, you know he's, he's talking about this idea, if you're a child, then you're also an heir. Um, what does that mean for the Christian uh, to be an heir to what he's talking about here, an heir of God? Yeah, I mean, it's it's the, it's this promise of the coming kingdom, you know, the kingdom of God. It's this, um, 
eternal security that we have in Christ. You know, I love I love talking about, and I'm going to be very brief here. At some point, I'll probably go off on a rant about this, but <laughs> I love talking about you know adoption in the New Testament um, because it really was this picture, and Scott talked about it a little bit the other day um, on the sermon, but it's this picture of being kind of brought in to a family given all that they have. And actually in some, you know, Roman cultures, it was actually, you could, you could disown your child, but you could not disown a child you adopted. So there's this, there was this like standing within the family that was even greater than being a child by being adopted. Um, and it's like, and we have that in Christ. Like, like that is, that is, that is our relationship to God is that we're promised, um, this eternal kingdom that far surpasses this world. Now the inheritance side, that's the kind of laying hold of that inheritance, the understanding what's to come is desiring those heavenly things. You know, it's, it's not just thinking about earthly treasures. Mm-hmm. It's not just thinking about, you know, Hey, you know, I'm noticing right now that there's 84 months, no interest on the car. You know, God's leading me to go buy a $60,000 truck. Yes. I think about that, but I care way more about desiring the things that God has for us in this earth as they relate to um, his coming kingdom. You know, seeing seeing people come to Christ, uh, ministering to people. I think those are all the desires that we're trying to lay hold of, as Scott said, um, because of the Holy Spirit's kind of speaking to that eternal security that we've been given. Totally, totally. You know, it reminds me, Mitch, of a passage. I remember being in college, and when I when I heard this the first time, I was like, "What?" But there's this passage, very famous passage. It's um, uh, Psalm thirty-seven four, and uh, people love this one. It's it's the delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart, mm. right? And people love this one because it's almost kind of like this. God's gonna give me what I want. He's gonna give me everything I want, <laughs> which is this not is so what it says. Great. But no, but what? Yeah, what, I remember being in college, and someone spun that around for me to explain what this is actually saying. And he's saying, no, it's is that as we delight in the Lord, He's gonna actually give you the desires. Like like th- He's going to place those desires in your heart. Um, he's going to make you long for the things that he longs for. He's going to make you want the things that he wants. He's going to change you. And I was like, oh, man. And, that, and you, when you read through the psalm, it makes so much more sense in the context um, of what it's talking about. But, but I think that's, yeah, I think you're exactly right. That's what Paul's picking up on back in Romans um, because, um, you know, it, it's kind of actually all through this whole thing, this whole oh, discussion yeah. that we're talking about is what is the Spirit doing? Well, he's... He's making us more like Christ. He's making us more into his image. Hey, you know, I love that um, that this passage really brought out some characteristics of the spirit that I hadn't really thought about a whole lot. Um, and I know that there are several more um, works Yeah, this, of the this isn't all that the spirit does. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, no, no. So I would love to dig into that sometime. But That would be yeah, fun. That'd be that'd fun. Be cool. we, we should, should talk to Scott about doing a Holy Spirit series. Mm-hmm. That'd be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll, I'll volunteer to be the guy up front. <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. Well, hey, everyone, thanks for listening today. Uh, we hope that this was helpful to you as you are, um, as you're walking through this life as a, as a Christian and wrestling with these things. Um, First of all, we want to encourage you uh, to, hey, watch church online with us this week. We're going to be uh, back with Facebook watch parties, or you can go to stonescrossing.com and watch online. And uh, we, we just want to also encourage you that, you know, if you have thoughts on this, uh, questions about this stuff, thoughts on this sort of stuff, we would love to hear from you too. I would, I would really encourage you to email any one of us at any time. Uh, 
all three of us love answering questions and love talking to you guys about this stuff. So reach out to us whenever you can. Well, hey, have a great week, everyone. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.